We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. What are the answers to life's most important questions? Actually, you can't avoid answering these questions because you already do. It happens simply by how you've chosen to structure your priorities, spend your money, and use your time. Tune in as we interview pastors and leaders throughout the valley discussing the must-answer questions. Welcome to The Form Show. Welcome to The Form Show. Mark Lucas here, Faith Talk 1360. What a joy it is to be able to have these moments together, to be able to talk about these most important questions in life. We all are asking questions as we navigate this beautiful journey of life together. Some of the questions that we ask ourselves throughout our day are fairly shallow, like what should I wear today? What's the weather going to be like? How am I going to fit in everything today in my calendar? That's an important one. But then there's these bigger questions that the Lord, who loves us so much, desires for us to ask. Questions like this, why am I here? Lord, what really is my mission in life? Who am I? This question of identity. Is there more to life than what I see and taste and touch here on this beautiful earth? Well, this show is designed with an intentionality and a tremendous amount of prayer to be able to help all of us navigate these deeper questions in life. So today, my beautiful guest here in studio, we've got Drs. Larry and Carol Snap with us. They are pros on radio, so this is going to be a lot of fun. They have such a beautiful heart for marriage ministry, for blended families. They're both graduates of the Primus, Primus, Primus. Primus University of Theology, and they're both ordained ministers. They're marriage and family counselors specializing in, like I said, blended families. And they've been doing this since 2004. They've been a blended family since December of 1979. They're experienced international speakers and are available for counseling appointments and for seminars and workshops. As ordained ministers, they also do weddings, vow renewals, baptisms and funerals, and even some long-distance counseling through phone and Skype. Thanks so much for being my guests, Larry and Carol. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. It's good to see you again back in the radio booth. And we've got some questions today. I'm looking forward to having you guys in. Thanks for reaching out. And it's been fun to connect over the phone and to start to talk about your ministry a little bit and just excited about this conversation. Again, for me personally, I'll just start by saying this. When I think about marriage, when I think about the most sacred, the most intimate relationship God would ever create is marriage. Right. And we have this divine privilege and calling and responsibility to glorify God in marriage, to understand the roles and the responsibility that God has given us in his word for marriage. Mm -hmm. And we get to talk about marriage today. Marriage is a beautiful, the most beautiful relationship God would ever make. And I'm so thankful. I always say this when I do weddings. I always say, you know what, I look at the at the groom, and I'll say, you know what? Let's just say his name is Tim. So I'll say, you know what, Tim? 
the first time that God says it is not good is when he looks at Adam mm-hmm. and he realizes it's not good for Adam to be alone. Right. And I'll look at Tim and I'll say, Tim, can I get an amen? <laughs> and he'll laugh and we'll all laugh together. But it's so true. We are better together as one amen. in marriage. So amen. you guys are the experts. I'm just saying a few things on the side, but get us all thinking marriage here. And blended families obviously adds another complexity to it. So let's jump into this conversation. The first question that we're going to dive into, are you, and all of us desire this, but are you living for something bigger than yourself, this question of meaning? Whoever wants to go first, let's just jump in. Well, uh, starting 11 years now, we started the Blended Families Ministry. We, We had volunteered as marriage counselors for about five years prior to doing our own thing. But we had a vision of just working with single couples, single families, trying to get one family at a time and educate them on what marriage is all about from God's perspective, whether it be a first one or a third one. Mm-hmm. The principles are still the same. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's it's more difficult on the do-overs, but God is all about do-overs. So we try to educate people because so many over several generations now, nobody's had a good example of a godly marriage, and nobody knows how to do it anymore. So we feel like our calling is to just take one family at a time, one marriage at a time, and help them, and then maybe they can help somebody else. You know, we do our classes, we get several couples at a time, but we just want it to be, I almost hate to use the word, like a virus, to spread it around. But, you know, it's a good thing. Absolutely. That's well said. How would you continue to add upon that, Carol? Well, uh, when we first started these classes, uh, they were just um, couples. And I think the third class we did, we had a single gal come in who had been married a couple of times. And she said, God told me I am to come here to get my heart and my head right for the next person that he has for me. And I looked at her because most everybody else was in there as couples. She says, you have no idea how big this ministry is going to be. But God shared that with me. And ever since that, we have had many singles, single guys and single gals, say, we did it wrong. We want to do it right now. What, how does God tell us that we should be looking for this next partner? Um, we teach at the Dream Center downtown, the Phoenix Dream Center. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people down there, of course, they're there because they're broken one way or another. It could be from human trafficking that they're finally rescued and have a place to go where somebody cares about them and can teach them the values and give them back their self-confidence again. We also have people that are just out of jail or addicts um, for being on drugs and being on the street. But we teach them how they should be. First, their relationship with God has to be restored. I don't care what happened to you. You have to believe again that God is there for you, and he will always be there for you. And you are not to go out there hunting for this next person if God has another person for you. But we're going to teach you the signs so you know when God puts those people in front of you how you'll get confirmation from God. 
And that's what we do. We teach, as Larry says. We, we teach. We don't hit people over the head. We just try to educate them we, with what we know, what we call God's priority pyramid. And that's the regular pyramid for marriage, the God at the top, and the husband and wife on the bottom. But there are lines in between, and there are reasons for those lines being in the order they are. And that's what we teach. That's the foundation of our ministry, God's priority pyramid for relationships. That's really good. And I know, based on our conversations, you mentioned, and I think we're going to discuss now because it's on my sheet in front of me, so I hope it's going to happen. Right. <laughs> but I think we all have these landmines. I think we all have these these pitfalls in these areas. I know even for me personally, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it was talking about marriage, and it was looking at Genesis 2. And it was really looking at um, God when he specifically is talking here to Adam, having a conversation about leaving and cleaving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And understanding in that conversation that ultimately they don't have parents. Right. Right. So the leaving and cleaving there isn't leaving and cleaving parents. It's understanding priority. And it's understanding that God is first, and then your mm-hmm. your spouse is the second priority. Right. And I remember, like, really asking myself as I'm praying out loud in the car and as people are in the car right now hearing this show, and it's okay if you pray out loud with your eyes open. Yes. But we're praying out loud, and I'm driving in the car, and I'm thinking to myself, Lord, what are some of the landmines? What are some of the areas in my life that are getting in the way mm-hmm. of my wife being the number two priority? So let's just walk into some of these uh, landmines carefully, right. <laughs> as I say, walking into landmines. we got our uh, bomb suits on. Yeah, let's put our bomb suits on. But let's discuss these openly. So I don't know if that's going to start with you, Larry, but let's just discuss these openly. Uh, I'll go. Um, one of the biggest ones we found over the years of all the counseling we've done, which kind of led up to the Blended Families Ministry being started, just as volunteers in another ministry, we just kept seeing over and over again that people were making a lot of the same mistakes over and over again. It's not like there was 150 different things that you could choose from. There's like five or six, but everybody was doing four out of the five or six, right? And especially in blended families where it's a do-over, and more often than not, people are single parents for a while, a couple of years or whatever, Sometimes a lot more. But for me, the biggest thing was that we saw these people would, you know, over time, they would tend to feel like they own their children. So then when they get together with somebody else and they try to start a new family, they have this issue of ownership of children. Now, in our our ministry, it's all about being good stewards Mm -hmm. of God's children, and the big thing with God is he wants his kids back after a while. You know, they're on loan. You're supposed to be a good steward, train them up in the way they should go, and then give them back. And it's always hard for parents to let go, you know, because they own them. Right. You know, it's my property. I can't let it go. But when you see them as God's property, like everything else is, it's all his anyway. And it shouldn't be uh, yours Mine and ours, which we saw a lot of that, too, especially with blended families. These are my kids. Don't tell my kids what to do. Those are yours. You take care of them. These are mine. I'll take care of them. And if we have ours, then we'll figure that out later. That's wrong. 
you need to have one set of rules. It's our family. It's the whole family and uh, doing it God's way. God is the referee in the Bible. What should we do? How should we set the rules? How should we set the discipline? And both of you carry it out all the time. But um, the kids um, know there are different things happening, and they'll play each other. And um, you just have to be on the same page, the husband and the wife. But you can't pick and choose. Well, I can get along with her daughter, but I can't get along with the son. No, when you said I do, you took the whole package, and the whole package is what it is. So you have to figure a way to, for everybody to be able to say this is, these are our children, and they are here from God. We are to teach these children and to, to help bring them up the way they should be in a godly way. And we are to show them what a godly marriage is and what a godly relationship is. And that's really your job as parents. That's really well said. And I know for me, even personally, there's such a powerful difference between saying ours and mine. Right. And really understanding the power in that. And I've even caught myself in, 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 in my beautiful marriage to Tammy and, and our beautiful three kids. And we're not a blended family, but I've, I've caught myself a few times mm-hmm. saying this and realizing not exactly the power, but I know it's, it's powerful in a negative way yeah. in my wife's soul and her heart and her mind mm-hmm. when I use that vernacular. And I say that wrong pronoun in that moment. So it's kind of the unholy trinity that you're working with there. Mm. Me, myself, and I. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm battling that trinity almost every day. (laughs) That's some level. We all are. (laughs) Um, That's really, really well said. And I know there's so many other landmines. So why don't you guys just keep walking through? One of the other ones that we saw a lot. uh, Most issues, especially in a blended family. And it could be there even in a first one, but we see it especially in a blended situation where it's a second or third or whatever number is um, everybody has a normal. You know, we'd like to say who's normal is normal. Right. But it all comes down to preferences. And your whole life experience kind of creates your normal. And, you know, we grow up thinking our normal is correct. And then you get with somebody else that's got a wholly different normal, and they think theirs is correct. Right. (laughs) And then you try to come together, and now it's who's right and who's wrong. Right. It's not, oh, it's just different. You know, it's it's like holding up an apple and an orange and say, which one is right? It's the wrong question. Mm -hmm. Right. So we we try to get people to realize that we should be celebrating our differences because God created each one of us in his image. We're all unique. We're all special. Mm-hmm. We're, we're nobody is. Yeah. Right. But when you see each other from that perspective that everyone is created in the image of God with certain gifts, and our gifts are different, but they're all from him. And, you know, it, it gets to that, like, selfish preference. I like what I do, how I do it. I don't want to do it your way. Right. But... When it comes to whose normal is normal, my normal and your normal need to transform by the renewing of our mind into a godlike, Christ-like normal. So then we're all on this in the same book and the same page, and it, that becomes a new, new our normal. normal. What is our normal going to be in our house? Take the best of his normal, the best of. 
Paranormal and decide together in agreement what our NAMA will be. Make your own traditions. This is how we want to do it. Um, but it's, uh, it, it, it can end up uh, not so good if, if you're not agreeable and, and are willing to change because it has to change. And, and again, God is the answer to it all. They tie it all into, what, well, what does God say? We should, how does he say we should do this instead of what I say we should do? Uh, like my, my ex-husband would say, um, well, we're going to have biscuits and gravy for breakfast. I'm from the east. He was from the south. Biscuits and gravy did not sound good to me. Mine <laughs> <Or> me is either. <laughs> brown gravy and on biscuits, oh, no. I had never heard of white milk gravy. I'd never heard of that. So, I mean, it sounds like a little thing. But we know couples that have almost split up because of the food differences from the uh, different states. And so little things like that can really make a lot of difference. But when you get down to it, you you know, when you put God in the middle of it, it just makes it all come together. But you have to be willing and you have to be um, really wanting to work together on it and, and to listen to each other. Instead of my way is the right way, and that's how it's supposed to be. Larry likes to uh, use as an example when we're doing this lesson how the husband was insistent upon showing the wife how to cut carrots. You have to do it this way. And she kept trying and trying, and she couldn't do it. And they finally figured out she's (laughs) left-handed. She's never going to do it exactly the the way way he had it. (laughs) So you have to really be willing to listen and talk with one another and be agreeable to 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 find a a mutual agreement that something that you can agree on part of um, the beauty of marriage like you said in the beginning is taking the time to learn the gifts mm-hmm. of your spouse yes and then try to figure out how to utilize those but if you come in and well my way's the right way and it's the only way you you totally lose out on those blessings that what the other person's bringing. It's I totally agree, and I was going to say the same thing. I feel like this is such a a real and powerful conversation that we all need to be having in our marriages and in our relationships in general, but really within marriages and especially in blended families, but any marriage. Because I think I had to come to a place, and I totally agree, Larry and Carol, I had to come to a place with my beautiful wife, Tammy, where— I would spend time really thanking God mm-hmm. for the individual, specific way he's wired her and made her. Mm-hmm. And then I would spend, for probably almost a year I did this, I would spend, like, as I went to bed, I would actually pray, here's five things that I want to cultivate gratitude in my heart, praying specific ways that God has wired my wife. Mm-hmm. And I would just really ask God, help me be aware of the very different but beautiful ways that she is wired and that you've created her. And the more that I did that, the more that I celebrated that through prayer, Mm -hmm. told her out loud as well, hey, you know what, sweetie? I'd love that you do it this way because it's so beautiful for these reasons. Or I love that you're created more analytical and you're more of a head person and I'm more of a heart person because if it was just me in marriage, to be honest, we probably would get nothing done. Yeah. There wouldn't be a budget. There wouldn't be <laughs> paying bills, 
all those analytical things because I would just want to go around and just be in a relationship and just hug everybody, hug everybody yeah. and be full of grace and mercy and mm-hmm. compassion. Right. Right. My wife has all those things, but she also thinks through her head first, not her heart. Mm-hmm. So it's just beautiful to see the way God brings us together. Mm-hmm. Very different. But again, it becomes, like you said, our normal. Ours, yes. Ours. It has to be. Yeah. One of the other things is just, you know, there's that covenant mentality versus a contract right. mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of the beauty of the covenant, obviously God has to be in it for there to be a covenant, but when you know that you're in it for the long term, the trials and tribulations, you see them as just being temporary. Just a test. It's, it's for today. It's for this week, mm-hmm. a month. It's it's a season. But you know, as a Christian, God is going to get you through it, and there's going to be a blessing on the other end. So if you go in, well, I'm going to try it. And as, as long as you're doing what I think you should be doing, then we're okay. Right. Otherwise, I'm out. Yeah. But having God in the middle of it, having the covenant mentality that it's we're here till death do us part, right? Then you, it's so much easier to get through the, the squabbles, mm-hmm. the trials and the tribulations that God promised would be there. Right. And but you, you know, you're a team, and it's so much easier, you know. Scripture tells us if one falls and there's somebody there to help them up, mm-hmm. they're, they're much better off than if you fall down by yourself. Absolutely. You know, it's so much tougher to get up. But, yeah. you know, having that kind of mentality, the, the attitude is very important. You know, like it says, as man thinketh, so is he. You know, if, if you see yourself as somebody that has a, a life partner and part of the—you're that team together, you're one— mm-hmm. um, it, it just makes everything so much easier. And along that same line, it comes with uh, making goals, goals individually and goals as a family and goals as a couple, uh, things to do to, to keep the finances in order to be able to achieve those goals. And you also want to uh, put uh, expectations, but realistic expectations. Don't put them so high that you're going to fail or that the, the, your spouse is going to fail. You have to be realistic with the expectations mm-hmm. uh, for one another. But you have to have them um, more or less like a self-check to keep us on the right track all the time. Um, but even the kids, I know the first year we were married, uh, Larry set us all down to set out goals for the year. And we had short-term goals, medium-range, and long-range and the kids and I had never done that ever before, and it was so cool. The four-year-old um, got her first one real quick, so she goes and takes another picture and puts it back for another short one. We said, no, 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 that's not how it works. You got the first one. Now you have to do delayed gratification, wait a little bit to save money to obtain the second one. And then for the third, well, she didn't like that part she had to wait twice as long <laughs> yeah. but the older kids helped her get there right. and that's another thing they work together as a team to do that and when they are bringing in other um, kids like you know um, only on weekends we have you know the one of the spouse's kids do things as a family make a family meal do a game night do a family movie night but everybody take part in it 
And a lot of the older ones say they're not interested. I don't want to do that. And that's, you know, that's not very much fun and blah, blah, blah. But later on, let me tell you, those kids remember that. And they will tell you, because we have had so many people that we have counseled long ago, said, you know, we hated it when it was happening, but it put the bare bones in us so we knew what to do when we got married and had kids of our own. And that has turned out to be one of the happiest times of my life and my memory when we had the new family. We did it as a family. That's really well said. Again, thank you so much. Larry and Carol here from Blended Family Ministries. We just have a couple minutes left. Wow. Um, It goes by fast. Really enjoyed having you guys in. I think based on what you just said, Carol, here's probably some final thoughts that I have for the listeners. Again, so many great things that you guys shared. What a beautiful ministry. Uh, Tell us before I share my final thoughts, how can they find out more about Blended Family Family Ministries? (laughs) Oh, Check on Facebook, Blended Families Ministry, and on the Internet, blendedfamiliesministry.org. There's a little bit about us out there. They can keep up with what we're doing on the Facebook page, especially. Uh, There's another one that's Beyond Divorce, dash, Blended Families Ministry. That's us. And we also do a premarital for blended families, so people just entering into a blended family they know where a lot more of these landmines are and a lot of the issues that they are going to uh, come in contact with. And uh, we are presently at the Dream City Church at the Glendale location. I'm not trying to take you away from your own church, but if, uh, it's on the west side of town. It's uh, 21,000. North 75th. Yeah, so if you do not have a church, uh, come to the church. We do teach every Sunday morning from 11 to 12.30 in the library. And uh, we are at the Dream Center on Thursday nights, every Thursday night downtown. Perfect. Thanks so much for being my guest. Have an amazing and incredible day. And my final thought is this. The most intimate, the most sacred relationship God would ever make is marriage. I pray that each and every day you continue to pray and ask God to help you Stay one in marriage. Stay connected to the Lord first and others. Have a great day. Take care. Bye.